Okay, okay, yes, I see you. You're like literally right in front of me. Hi, Fudge. All right, Mama's going to try and record this podcast episode real quick. It would be swell if you cooperated. Okay, can we do that? Ah! Hello, sweeties, and welcome back to another mini bubble of my streaming bubble. And this time, I'm heading TARDIS first into the wild blue yonder. I'm still your TV watching and talking host, Jen, and here are my thoughts on the second episode of the 60th anniversary specials. So check the length of your arms and get ready for some spacey wacy spoilers. So this one is going to be a little, hopefully a little shorter. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I did it the best I could for the star beast to get it to as close to an hour as I could. Cause I try and keep these solo mini bubble, mini bubbles uh, to an hour or less. I was a wee too excited the last time and I, I cut, I cut what I could. So I think I got it at like an hour and three minutes. Uh, today I don't have a lot of time. I meant to record this episode earlier this week when I had like an entire day to do so. But the kids and the husband were home. I'm very easily distracted, so I got nothing done. Well, at least podcast related. I got some like bullshit housework done, but whatever. That shit always needs to be done. I don't, it doesn't count. Anyway. All right. So I'll try and just do my best to kind of hit some of the uh, higher points, the more main points. Uh, of this episode, at least that, you know, for me, but I, I loved this episode. This, I felt like this was a great new who classic kind of creepy episode, uh, between like the mystery of the words and the shifting of the spaceship and then the explanation for everything, uh, just, just all kind of creepy and especially the not things. But then also there's like the the tugging of the heartstrings when they're trying to prove to each other, when the Doctor and Donna are trying to prove to each other that they are the real versions. And of course that ending, holy shit, <sighs> stresses me out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was, I thought it was a great Doctor Who episode. It was just kind of right up there with some of their uh, creepier and a bit more unsettling episodes. And I loved it. I, I think I liked the first one. I think I loved the first one a bit more, but that's also the reintroduction of this face and this companion and the companion's family. So I think I was just a bit more excited for that. But this one, I mean, so far out of the two that we've given, we've been given, this is my second favorite, but we'll start kind of at the beginning here. Uh, just going to go down some of the notes that I managed to get. I managed to jot down uh, the other day and you'll have to forgive me. I've only been able to watch this twice so far uh, instead of like the four or five times that I watched the Star Beast. But in my defense, I've been watching, I've been doing my annual rewatch of the Doctor Who Christmas and holiday specials. Um it's just, it's one of my favorite traditions. And for some reason, Doctor Who just feels very, like, wintry 
like something that you just kind of hunker down and snuggle and get cozy with, kind of like what the cat's trying to do right now, right here on the desk. So I, for whatever reason, I do my main rewatch of Doctor Who in the, in the Christmas specials uh, in the wintertime around the holidays. So that's what I've been busy doing, uh, as well as getting in my holiday horror movies. But enough about that. We'll just go ahead and start talking about this episode. I'm sorry I'm a little bit discombobulated. Like I said, I got a cat right in front of me that keeps fidgeting and moving around. I don't think he likes that I'm talking, but <laughs> take a number, bro. Um, and I'm sorry for all the broing. That's my kids. I need to spend more time with like people my age but uh we see uh the doctor and donna going all timey-wimey wibbly-wobbly and they crash into the tree that has uh sir isaac newton but he's not a sir yet and then i loved how the doctor was like oh spoilers so immediately i was just like oh hello sweetie i see you 11 um and then of course Donna just really, really wanting to say the line of uh, the uh, the the gravity, appreciating the gravity of the situation. And I just loved how she was so excited to say it. The doctor was just like, no, no, no. But then eventually they say it, too. And she's just giddy about it. And it's like, I am totally, totally Donna in that moment. So and then Sir Isaac Newton uh, coining the phrase. <laughs> Instead of gravity, it's mavity, which is just so silly. And <laughs> and then that pops up again throughout the episode, where now all of a sudden Donna says mavity, and the doctor kind of catches like, oh, oh, it's it's mavity now. Uh, and then I saw like a behind the scenes video of uh, with Catherine Tate and David Tennant, and she's trying to understand how Mavity became the thing instead of gravity and David Tennant trying to explain it. I mean, it's, you would almost think they were in character, but they weren't. So it makes me think that the characters are just them, just their real life selves. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> um, And then, you know, to the poopy heads that are all like, Sir Isaac Newton was white. Uh, No one cares. You're watching Doctor Who. How is that like your main fucking focus? How do people watch science fiction and then get all like whiny pants about these things? You're watching a show about a regenerating time traveling alien and you cannot suspend your disbelief long enough to be like, oh, okay, Sir Isaac Newton was a person of color. Cool. Ah, oh. I think Sarge just mad at me as I was getting louder. <laughs> but that's all I'll say about that. Uh, just a bunch of poopy whiny heads. Just if that's your problem, then I don't know. Stick to historical fiction instead of sci-fi and fantasy. Um. Yeah, the end. Oh my god! Now I got a cat's ass in my face. He's moving. Oh, he farted. Oh my god, it's real bad and his butt's right in my face. Oh, Sarge, that's just rude. He ain't even looking at me. He knows. This cat fits in so perfectly with this family. I 
don't like what you're doing, so I'm going to fart at you. All right, so then the Doctor and Donna, they crash land on this other spaceship, but then the Doctor uses the sonic screwdriver and an actual screwdriver to try and, like, kind of try and kickstart, I guess, the uh, actually start the TARDIS healing process. Um, and in that moment, in that moment of reset, the TARDIS takes off. And they are stuck there. And I loved how Donna was like, you can snap your fingers and just call the TARDIS back. And I, it's like, I see you. I see you, Silence in the Library, Part 2 and everything, and 11th Doctor. And yeah, I just thought that was fun. Um, these All these kind of little moments that I feel like are callbacks to previous seasons and episodes, I'm just, I'm just tickled pink over it because I just, that's fun. And I, yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. I really like it. But then the doctor explains that it's the the HADS system, which now I have to look that up because why the hell would I have written that down when I was taking my original notes? Please hold. But the HADS, <laughs> the HADS system, the hostile, hostile action displacement system. So what what I really got a kick out of about that mention of the Hads is I had just watched the episode with Eleven and Clara, and they they end up on the submarine with the Onion Knight uh, from Game of Thrones, and Edmure, some other little I don't know, he was kind of a shit in Thrones. They were all kind of turds, anyway. Uh, so I just thought it was kind of. I loved that they mentioned Hads, and I don't know, had I not just watched uh, the episode with Eleven and Clara, I don't know that I would have picked up on that. Uh, so, just impeccable timing on, on my part. So, I loved the mention of that, and then, obviously, like, the explanation that, you know, the TARDIS is kind of resetting, so it must have clicked back on, and poof, gone. And I then I liked how Donna was seemed how concerned Donna was that there was something so terrible where they were at that the TARDIS ran away. And I just, I don't know. I liked how she phrased that, that the TARDIS ran away. Um, Cause really that's what it did. <laughs> so, but then she immediately goes and uh, says that, you know, that let's find it and kick its arse. And I was just like, that's my Donna. And I thought she was brilliant in this episode. Uh, she and and Catherine Tate just did an amazing job, especially with that, like, kind of ending scenes and everything. Um, but I just I loved how Donna just kind of like easily shifted back into the role of the companion. And clearly, like, she remembers, you know, from from the meta crisis and everything, too. I'm sure she recalls a fair amount of stuff, even though she doesn't recall everything because it's just, it's still too much for her. So I just, I love that she's just like, she's ready. Like, yes, she wants to get home. But in order to do that, they must defeat this terrifying evil or impending doom that scared the TARDIS. So, and then of course, like with the countdown and everything, the the one language the doctor doesn't know out of billions how do you not just love that? <laughs> the 12-year-old and I just started laughing so hard. We're just like, yes, of course, right? Because why not? Uh, 
And then I do love how the doctor just kind of knew to step on like the floor button or whatever to bring up the hover golf cart. And then it was kind of fun because with them just zipping down this long corridor uh, in the golf cart was a bit reminiscent of uh, the runaway bride uh, when they're zipping down a corridor on the segways and just kind of laughing and, and having a time and like the happiest Donna was in that episode. <laughs> I love that episode. And then, um, and yeah, and then encountering this slow robot, slowly moving, all rusted and everything and, and continuing to try and piece together the big mystery uh, one thing I was kind of curious about is, you know, we see 14 wearing glasses and we know that the doctor has a habit of wearing the glasses of a previous companion. So I guess I'm curious to as to like who these glasses may have belonged to. Did they, did they belong to someone uh, that 13 had part of her, uh, part of their fam? I'm not. I'm not sure because I don't recall any of those companions having glasses, but that doesn't mean their characters didn't have contacts or something. So I don't know, but I was curious. Anyway, so they go off to try and find, uh, solve the mystery of this countdown, uh, this robot. The ship is moving. Um, there's this like bump that's happening uh, periodically. And I just, I also loved how Donna was like, what is that? And the doctor just being like, oh, it's probably just settling. Like, <laughs> do spaceships settle like that? I just, I thought it was a classic explanation for unexplainable noises. Um, and yes, of course, I'm talking about ghosts. And in a way, I guess it was a ghost. Oh. Um, and then, of course... <laughs> I don't know. That was just funny. So then they're, you know, they're they're checking everything out. Uh, they happen upon this room that's got like these things that he asks Donna to kind of switch around. Um, but to see what they were first, he's looking at it, inspecting it, and he licks it. I love that he licks things. It's gross. <laughs> And so Donna's doing that. The doctor goes and is in another room tinkering with things. And then we meet these doubles. And the doubles are just kind of sitting there hanging out, you know, like the, the fake doctor is hanging out with Donna and fake Donna is hanging out with the doctor. But I really loved their kind of monologues about the passing of time. And Donna thinking about her family, of course, and what they would do if she never returned, you know, Sean being, you know, coming back, uh, you know, or like Rose coming back maybe once a year, uh, Sean coming out like every day, but granddad, uh, Wilf would just camp out there with his lanky and his thermos and totally remembering when he would camp out in like their garden area, looking at the skies and, it was just, it was so, it was so sweet and kind of heartbreaking at the same time. And every time they're going to mention Wilf, I'm going to get ready to ugly cry. So I think that's another reason why it just, I just really enjoyed uh, these, these bits. And then even like with, when the fake doctor is saying that he'd like to get to know Wilf, 
on the on like the second rewatch, it's so much creepier. I mean, it's pretty creepy the first time, right? Because you know it's a fake doctor, but kind of knowing what the not things are now and what they're trying to do, it's like I don't know. It was I found it to be much more unsettling uh, the second time around, but. I did like also how the doctor was pondering where the TARDIS goes and what would happen to it and humanity, you know, if he were to never, if it were to never come back and or if he were to fail and, you know, not just not be reunited with the TARDIS. And I don't know. And I love that it was the TARDIS uh, for the doctor because, I mean, who else, what else is it going to be? But just kind of like that passage of time, eventually cities... Uh, erupting around it and everything and these were these these bits were very I think lovely but also so sad and if that isn't just like perfect for Doctor Who I, I don't know what is so after after these moments is when fake Doctor and fake Donna start going on about their arms being being too long and it was visually, it was like, it was kind of comical, but still really creepy. And I think more creepy when they started chasing uh, the doctor and Donna. And as they're chasing them and everything, they're getting bigger and bigger. And they, they make these weird, creepy faces. They're, they're kind of distorted and everything. I turned to my 12-year-old, who's very much a fan of uh, the Attack on Titans. <laughs> and I was like, the Attack on Titan, Dr. Donna, and he did not appreciate that. But I hope you guys do. So, But that's not the only time. You know, that's obviously not the last time we see uh, the fake Donna and the fake Doctor, these, these not-thing versions. And my cat's moving again. Good God an asshole so yeah so the the big old not thing titan doctor and and donna um eventually you know like shrink down you know become of like an, a normal height and everything continue to perf perfect the the look the mimic and then yeah with the with the these doubles knowing everything like not only do they copy your form, but they have your memories too. That's so, I mean, it's one thing to have like a doppelganger or for someone to shapeshift and look like you. Like, yes, that's creepy and unsettling. But for them to be able to do that and have your memories and be able to can like hold their own in a conversation with one of their real counterparts, it was just, it was... Ugh, it was just creepy. And I think for me, part, like, I think maybe like the creepiest part for me was when um the doctor, that's a tail on the microphone. <laughs> this cat is super pissed at me. Uh, <laughs> but it's this uh exchange. It's when real doctor, doctor meets up with fake Donna and trying to convince, you know, so that whole kind of bit where they're the fake ones are trying to convince the real ones that they're also real and, and all of that. And the way that fake Donna just kind of 
slowly shifts into being creepy. Uh, Cause then she starts, I think this is when she mentions uh, a Gallifrey and flux and the, that look on 14's face. So I need to really go back and rewatch the timeless child. Cause I think that's also what fake Donna was ref was referencing. Uh, and not, yes, because they were like, what did they say? Something like Gallifrey, but the doctor's not actually from Gallifrey and that the doctor doesn't know where they're from. So that was the timeless child episode, which honestly I only watched once. Cause I was like, huh? Uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't think I like this. It doesn't exist to me anymore. <laughs> so once again, I just need to watch uh, Jodie Whittaker's run and kind of see how all these pieces kind of fit together. Because, yeah, right now I only have I don't have all the pieces. So maybe a few more might help fill in these blanks. Um, but fake Donna, fake Donna, she mentions all of this. The doctor gets this like freaked out look on, on their face. And then she goes to step towards them to hug. Is this it? Shit. Or am I confusing two scenes? Either way, she melts into the floor and is like laughing and kind of taunting the doctor. And it's just so fucking creepy. And I loved it. Um, I also love that at one point we do get to see that vulnerability from the doctor about missing Donna. Uh, yeah, when fake Donna's all like kind of messing with him and everything. Uh, and because she's like fake Donna's like, you know, we've never had a chance to talk about what you've been through and everything. And you can see it in his eyes and like then they go to hug. And yeah, that's when fake Donna like melts. Um, and then I also like how. The real Donna caught on to that it was the fake doctor because the fake doctor takes off his bow tie and drops it on the floor and then it dis disappears. So I love that Donna was able to pick up on that. Like it almost seemed like part of her plan to like once he dropped the um, the tie, it almost seemed like it was intentional on Donna's part to kind of keep talking and keep him there until that to see if that bow tie would disappear and it did and then fake doctor's like oh that's right things come off they still they don't actually disappear yeah and then that fake doctor does like some backwards thing and stretches his head between his legs and i was really hoping that donna was gonna kick the fake doctor in the face slash nuts um but she didn't she ran that's fine <laughs> And then, and then eventually we get the real Dr. and Donna standing across from fake Dr. and Donna. And this is when the doctor invokes a superstition and dumps the salt on the, on the ground. And it's just like, you know, you can't cross it because you have to count it. And fake Donna drops down and starts counting it. And I bring this up because I liked how the closed captioning had Donna counting up to 14. And then it kind of trails off and the other dialogue pops up. So very well played, closed captioning. Uh, but then eventually, you know, the the fake versions, they poo-poo that whole plan and continue to chase. And then real Doctor and real Donna 
lock themselves in like the cockpit, I'm guessing, basically. And the fake ones are just standing on the other side of this glass clear wall door thing or whatever, trying to perfect their mimic. Which, yeah, totally reminds me of, what was that, Midnight, the one with um, the the Diamond Planet and all of that. That one is, oh, that's, that's, that's like one of my favorite, like, creepy Doctor Who episodes. Because it's really, really unsettling. I think because you can kind of, you see that, that fear in the Doctor's eyes and everything. It's like, oh, shit, how am I going to get out of this one? Um, but... They start to suss it all together because Donna keeps asking, like, why are they why scare us if if they can if they can replicate us and our memories? Okay, fine. That's one thing. But what was the point in scaring them? And she asks it at least, I think, twice. And both times the doctor doesn't really pay any mind to it. Uh, A little a little dismissive. And honestly, I was just kind of like, I don't know. They're creepy. No things. They like to be creepy. (laughs) So when they when they pieced it all together that they that these no things pretty much had to scare, you know, scare them to speed up this like replication, replicating process. They're they're locked in the cockpit and they're trying really hard not to think. And I mean, I'm kind of surprised the doctor went as long as they did without thinking. (laughs) But they start sussing it all and piecing it all together. And I just, I I really enjoyed how that all came together. And that we see, and then we see what this thump, occasional thump is. Uh, part of like the, the blinds or something open and they see the captain, the original captain of the ship, dead, floating in space, caught in the um, orbit of the ship. And then occasionally bumping into it and trying to figure out, okay, so the last time the doors opened, it was like, what was it, like three years, three months? It was a while ago. And trying to figure all that out. Was that when the no things got in? And that it was that the captain, the original captain, who was like a lizard, a lizard person, I think. And I love that it wasn't like a human or a human, you know, some an alien more human like i mean it was it looked straight up like a lizard some sort of reptilian based life form but i loved that uh that she had figured it all out and ha- and sadly had to do the right thing to save everything cuz they're out on the edge of creation and it's like oh shit and she throws her self out of the airlock kills herself so that the no things can't finish replicating her and know what her plan was and and try to stop it in that way so not only does she do that but she had set up set up that slow countdown the slow moving robot uh working its way down the corridor to hit the self-destruct button and i just yeah the way that that all played out between the two doctors was beautifully done and then them trying to fight each other about opening and closing the door was super cute (laughs) this creepy episode was adorable uh then they so then it's a race to go and try and stop 
the robot and the, the and try to stop the countdown, the self-destruct and everything. But then, aha, the doctor remembers that if they run out of time, then the threat is no longer there and the TARDIS will return. Which was something I was kind of wondering. Because, yeah, the TARDIS didn't make it back to the to the submarine. They had to hitch a ride with the Onion Knight in the submarine. Uh but yeah, so now the threat was gone. Why didn't the TARDIS return on that one? Anyway, well, this one had a complete, like, control-alt-delete restart. Um, so yeah, the TARDIS makes it back just in time to save the Doctor, who uses it as a hoverboard to make his way down to the two Donnas that are fighting um, and kind of wrestling around trying to stop each other. And then that moment of of the Doctor trying to figure out which one was the real one and asking the question, why was Miss, you know, who is Mrs. Bean and why is her name funny? I I mean, shit, I thought the answer of it just is was a really good Donna answer. But then the second that TARDIS door closed and it started to fly away, I was just like, oh no, I don't think that's the right Donna. And then she's screaming, you've got the wrong one. I was like, oh, fuck. I couldn't take it. I was getting so stressed out. My my kids looking at me like, Mom, are you going to be okay? I'm like, I don't know. Because <laughs> then the explosion happens. The, the robot makes it all the way down. The countdown counts down. The robot makes it to the button, pushes the button before Fake Doctor was able to, like, animal run its way down there. And then... The explosion is happening and it's happening in like slow motion as Donna's watching this fucking cat tail and cat ass in my face again. You're really killing the moment, bud. But so Donna sees <laughs> Donna's watching the explosion. Uh, the doctor and fake Donna are in the TARDIS and just the unnecessary stress and anxiety that I went through. Because I'm like, I swear to God, if her story ends here worse than it did the first time, I was going to ugly scream cry. And don't like the fake out. It's utterly ridiculous how stressed out I was. Like, holy shit. But, of course... The doctor realizes he has the has the wrong Donna, goes back, gets the right Donna, uh, uses the new like rampy entrance uh, to the TARDIS as like an ejector button, like an ejector seat kind of thing. And it lifts up, fake Donna slides out, real Donna jumps in. They get out just in time. I'm like, you sons of bitches. Thank God. And then, yeah, they just they kind of have a moment together hugging holding each other of like holy fuck what the hell what the hell was that we just went through and definitely kind of had that like thousand yard stare uh for a, for a hot minute um and then yeah the doctor's concerned about invoking the superstition at the end of, edge of creation and then but then it's just kind of like oh well whatevs I like that he was they were very dismissive about some things they're they're trying to think about like hmm, what could it mean and oh it's gone. So then they decide so then now it's time to take Donna home and the doctor takes her back to the spot where 
they left from. And it's a couple of days later. It's a little after the fact. It's not right after they left. And who is sitting there waiting with a blanket and thermos? Will? Oh, my God. I instantly. It's not a question of did I cry? It's how hard did I cry? And I didn't. <laughs> I didn't sob, but I got very like my eyes just welled up. Yeah, okay. So yes, I cried, my eyes leaked. Um but I also had like the biggest happiest shit-eaten grin on my face cuz it just I loved it so fucking much. And I just like to think that uh when dude, now you're in a playing mood? The fuck, man? I'm almost done. Bear with me. <laughs> I like to think that Wolf's reaction to seeing the doctor was actually uh, the actor Bernard. Bernard's reaction to seeing David Tennant like the first time, like maybe popping out of the TARDIS and like in the costume and everything. There's just something just so real and like tangible about that moment and how happy they were to see each other, the happy crying that's going on. Oh, it was, it was beautiful. It was very, very lovely. And then, and then Wolf is like, oh, I knew you'd be back to save us all. And they're like, what now what? And then all hell is breaking loose. People are going apeshit, like attacking each other. Planes are crashing. So they jump into the TARDIS, all three of them. And end of episode. Oh, great, great episode. I really, really enjoyed it. It was, I felt like it was like a classic new Doctor Who episode, if that makes, you know, if that makes sense. <laughs> a classic new Who. But because the cat interrupted me again and whatever, is being a little buttfish. I'm going to start wrapping this up. So at least I was able to get through the episode. I'm sorry that it was uh, kind of rushed and choppy and uh, a lot of sounding like I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but that's what happens when I'm kind of in a rush. And I, I guess I didn't have to record this episode today. But if I didn't, I wouldn't have an episode to put out for the week. And I don't want to leave you all hanging. I... And I mean, I can always, like I've said before, I can always talk about Doctor Who and I'm really, I mean, two for two enjoying uh, these specials. So, um, but yeah, that is, that's going to do it. That's going to do it for me. I know that there's probably shit that I missed, um, even like going back and kind of looking over my notes. There are a couple of things that I missed. Um <sighs> Ew! <laughs> At least he's gone. Shit. Uh, all right. So, yes, there were things that I missed. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I hope you all can understand why. First of all, I'm discombobulated a bit trying to rush and put something together. And then I also have the cat. But... Uh, but yeah, so if there's anything, I mean, yes, like I said, there are plenty of things that I have missed. So let me know um, anything that you really wanted uh, for me to talk about or bring up. And 
Let's talk about it. Let's bring it up. Yeah, just let me know what you thought about the Doctor Who episode. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Please be nice. I'm very sensitive. And make sure you are following me on the socials. I'm still over on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. No Maya Net. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and threads as My Streaming Bubble. And you can always send me an email with any comments, suggestions. Uh, send those to mystreamingbubble at gmail.com. And of course, don't forget to rate, follow, and share this podcast wherever you get uh, your podcast fix. And I'll be back after the next episode, the next special drops, which based on when this episode comes out, I think was yesterday. So until then, Bubblies, thank you for listening and putting up with this hot mess of an episode and keep streaming. Bye. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. Find me on Facebook and Instagram as My Streaming Bubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? Email me at mystreamingbubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, search My Streaming Bubble over at buymeacoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase My Streaming Bubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support and keep streaming.